Thank you for doing that, sir. Appreciate that. Okay. Um, now you need two bottles of water, right? Just one small one's fine, or whatever okay. you got. Okay. I have to go in and get one out of there. Okay. See that? I can just grab one out of the car. Yeah, my, my wife. Bottle of water. Small bottle of water. Everything's tentative. Everything's tentative? Okay. Somebody talked with the restaurant. Well, they were good two weeks ago, so. And we do have a speaker, but. Testing one, two, testing one, two. Thank you. 
Testing one, two, testing one, two. Huh? Testing one, two, testing one, two. Testing one, two, three, testing one, two. Testing, testing. Hello. Testing one, two, three. Thank you for your patience this morning. Uh, we uh, obviously had to do some uh, dodging of uh, dodging of the raindrops a little bit. Kind of... Uh, forced us into a different area, but we're going to go ahead and proceed with a message, um, and we're going to proceed with uh, communion after the message. So sit tight. If for whatever reason you do not have what you need to participate in communion, um, put your headlights on uh, when it comes time for that, and we will make sure that you have what you need. Um, I'm just very happy to uh, be here just to present God's word. It's a blessing to be able to do so. I ask that you continue to pray for Pastor Gus and his recovery. He is here. Uh, he's over here in the car. He's watching. So you can, uh, yeah, there you go. Give me acknowledgement. <laughs> Amen. Um, acknowledges. <laughs> um, that's the cool thing about being in cars. This is like a drive-in movie. Um, you can you can go ahead and just give praise as you need to. And uh, pray for who? There was a, a baby uh, supposedly that was shot with a nail gun uh, here in the area as well. So prayers for that child and that child's recovery. Um, just making a mention of that as well too, since it was brought to our attention. So let's go ahead and get started because we are... Uh, after the praise team would have sung, we'd kind of be starting on time, so that's actually a blessing in, this, in that respect. But um, thanks for your sticking it out and being here this morning and for your patience uh, as well. Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer, and we're going to get started. Father, we just thank you for your very presence this morning. We thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your instruction. And Lord, we thank you for patience. We thank you for allowing us just to wait for you to speak to us. We thank you, Lord, for this time that you give us. We thank you for the present. Lord, we know that there's been a lot of things that have happened in this present time. But Lord, we know that the most important focus for us right now is to look directly to you and nowhere else. To stay focused on you and focused on our relationship with you. Lord, we want to do what you would have us to do right now at this time. We want to do what you would have us to do uh, in this particular season that we're in. And Lord, we thank you for just allowing us to see your hand working throughout this time. Bless us and keep us, Lord, and we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. As part of what I can only refer to as a groundbreaking, unprecedented event, I have personally been involved in high-level discussions with my employer about the issue of race relations and addressing areas of concern that involve employee relations. Now these discussions have been taking place at the request of the CEO and the Vice President and Chief Financial Officer in order to create a better climate within our company and greater career opportunities for minorities and women. 
With this endeavor, there have been many great ideas shared. And for all participants, it is very important that the information is handled in an appropriate manner. Specifically, it is to be treated with a high level of respect. Respect. Now the act of respect covers a lot of ground in these types of discussions. Now respect has to be in the forefront of all parties when you are discussing ethnic and cultural differences. Respect is very important when having dialogue between supervisors and subordinates. Respect is allowing these differences to provide paths and programs for people with different backgrounds to give input that promotes greater inclusion. Respect, after all is said and done, fills in any gaps between people while allowing for them to work together for the common good of developing positive relationships and building a successful company. Respect. Now, in last week's message, I mentioned the importance of respect as a characteristic of a believer in ministry because it reflects Christ-like behavior and a love for a person, even if you don't have much in common. Respecting another person is a true act of love in Jesus Christ. If you have your Bibles and electronic devices, please turn to Romans chapter 12. We're going to take a look at verses 9 and 10. Romans 12, verses 9 and 10. Respecting another person is a true act of love in Jesus Christ, and that's even if you don't have something in common with the other person. So it says in Romans 12, verses 9 and 10, I'm reading from the ESV version, let your love, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Now, notice that this verse shows the importance of love prevailing over anything that would cause a barrier in interpersonal relationships. Love overcomes all barriers. Amen? Love overcomes all barriers. Christ is at the forefront when love is shared in our interactions with others. Love gives us the ability to respect others. Now, let's explore this respect for God himself. And that's what this message is all about. How you respect who God is. God has reminded us of the importance of love by showing us the life of Jesus Christ as his example. In 1 John 4, 8, it says, Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Okay, so we know this. As believers, we understand this. But we need to continue to look at whether or not our actions meet our zeal for God. Whether or not our actions meet our zeal for God. 
We can say we love God all we want, but do our actions reflect this love? So how are we to love God? Well, if you want to flip over to John 14, 15, the answer is really simple. It's one sentence, and it's Jesus speaking. John 14, 15. And it says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Another passage to look at, 1 John 5, 3. 1 John 5, 3. This will also be from the English Standard Version. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. So the only way we love God is through obedience. Amen? The only way we love God is through obedience. And for the sake of this discussion is how we are to show our love for Jesus Christ. Loving Jesus Christ in obedience is a matter of respect. It's a matter of respect. It starts with respect. You respect his word enough to know that this is how you love God. So when it comes to Jesus, we gather together to give him the worship and praise. And in respect, one of the definitions of respect is to hold someone in high esteem. To respect is to hold someone in high esteem. So this esteem of our Lord Jesus Christ is an act of reverence. It's an act of reverence. Respect and reverence are close synonyms. But as we grow and mature in our faith, our love for Christ is a natural progression. As we look to Jesus as Lord and Savior with reverence. The love of Christ is ultimately to have reverence for him because we are focused on growth, on maturity, and remaining obedient to him in fellowship as we serve him in ministry. Now, remember where it says God's word is talking about how being obedient to Jesus is not a burden. It's not burdensome. But is there opposition that keeps us from loving God and having reverence for him? And, of course, the answer is absolutely. There are a number of obstacles. And, of course, it's easy to blame Satan for our troubles. But sometimes in our flesh, we just need to look right in the mirror. Look right in the mirror. Take a look at yourself. What's an obstacle? Well, sometimes it's you. Our obstacle to loving Jesus Christ, respecting him, and having reverence for him comes right down to our own fleshly desires. Our own fleshly desires. 
So in this statement, we are all guilty because all of us have been out of fellowship with Jesus because of a lack of respect for his word. Now, I mention this not to put us under a guilt trip. That's not what this is. It's not a guilt trip. I am mentioning this because we are having communion today. We're having communion today. In the same way that we have used this time to reflect upon our lives and circumstances, communion causes each and every one of us to pause and reflect upon the need to look at our level of fellowship with Jesus Christ. It's a time to look at where you are in your fellowship with Christ. If we look at it with all sincerity, we are immediately asking for God's forgiveness for sin in our lives. That's the starting point. Communion, the Lord's table, is an act of reverence for Jesus Christ. It is an act of love and respect for the one who died on the cross for each one of us. Let that sink in for a moment. Communion is to be taken very, very seriously. It's to be taken very, very seriously. Before Jesus had his last supper with his disciples, which gave us the new covenant method of remembering Jesus Christ, the Old Testament method of honoring God and asking for God's forgiveness for sin was through the practice of what? Sacrifice. Making sacrifices. It was the responsibility of the priests of Israel to perform these sacrifices. And they had to follow these sacrifices according to very specific guidelines which were spelled out in God's word. In the book of Malachi, God warned the priests, the spiritual leaders of the people of Israel, that they were not taking the act of sacrifice very seriously. There was a lack of respect for God's command and a huge lack of reverence. Now, if you want to follow along, go to Malachi. Turn to Malachi. We're going to read a couple of sets of verses. First will be verses 6 through 8 in Malachi. We need to see exactly what God sees when it looks as though we are not doing, or we're not doing what we should be, and how he feels about it, because he expresses that in these passages. Malachi chapter 1, first verses 6 through 8, and then we will be dropping down to 11 to 14, but let's start with 6 through 8. Verse 6, ESV version. A son honors his father, and a servant his master, if then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts to you. O priests who despise my name, but you say, how have we despised your name? Verse 7, by offering polluted food upon my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? By saying that the Lord's table may be despised. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? 
And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor, says the Lord of hosts. Now let's drop down to verse 11. For from the rising sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. And in every place, incense will be offered to my name and a pure offering. For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. Verse 12. But you profane it when you say that the Lord's table is polluted and its fruit, that is, its food may be despised. But you say, what a weariness this is. And you snort at it, says the Lord of hosts. Remember that part. You bring what has been taken by violence or is lame or sick, and you bring this, and this you bring as your offering. Shall I accept that from your hand, says the Lord? Cursed be the cheat who has a male in his flock and vows it, and yet sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name will be feared among the nations. Now what you're seeing here is how God responds to his people who do not take his commands seriously. This is what we see, and this is what the Lord, just because the Lord doesn't say something to you does not mean he doesn't feel exactly this way. The priests were offering blind and lame animals as sacrifices to the people, which was an affront to God. And the snorting and weariness of the priest reflected a bad attitude. Why do we have to do this? How come we got to do this? That's what that snorting is that they're referring to. God would not accept their offerings. So it's not even the type of offerings, it's the attitude that goes with it. Do you remember what happened to Cain in this similar situation? Well, let me refresh your memory. Go to Genesis chapter 4. Let's take a look at verses 1 through 7. So early on, we're looking at what happened here about Adam and Eve and then the children. Let's start with verse 1. Now Adam knew Eve was his wife. Now Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel in his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. Verse 6, the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Note God's words here. If you do well, will you not be accepted? Can you see where I'm going with this? Do you see where this is going? Fast forward now to the practice of communion. The short definition for communion is a time of fellowship 
with God. We practice communion because Jesus has provided each one of us the complete sacrifice in payment for our sins with his death on the cross. We honor the memory of Jesus Christ with the remembrance that his body was broken and that his blood was shed for all of us for all eternity. Amen and amen. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 26. Why don't you turn to that? 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 26. It's a good idea to do a refresher course on what communion is all about. Because, you know, as things were kind of hectic this morning, we were rushing around and we wanted to try to get something done. I think it's important for us to always remember why we do what we do, why we practice in the faith how we do, and the reason for it. You ever done something in your life where you didn't know what you were doing? You didn't know the reason for it? You didn't understand it completely? Well, we're going to take care of that. Because you need to know exactly what we're doing here. Let's look at verse 23, 1 Corinthians 11. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You're proclaiming his sacrifice for you. You're proclaiming what he did for you. You have an understanding of what it is when his body was broken and his blood was shed and what that meant for you. You and me. Note Paul's words. You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. His death on the cross means everything to us. Everything. Without his sacrificial death, we have nothing to look forward to when we die. Amen? We have nothing to look forward to without his death on the cross for us. His victory over death is worthy of our remembrance and is more than enough reason to give him praise. Give him praise. It is a remembrance that according to God's word is to be taken very seriously. It's not to be blown off as trivial or unimportant. In other words, no snorting. No snorting, please. And note that it requires the proper personal attitude and perspective. Now drop down in 1 Corinthians 11 down to verses 27 to 31. We're on the home stretch here. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill 
and some have died. Now, I'm reading from the ESV version. The ESV version just tells it like it is. The word sleep is used throughout the, uh, the New Testament in some versions, but here it just says, you just, they just died. Because there wasn't respect for God's word. There wasn't reverence for who he is. Verse 31. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. Yes, God has disciplined us. Amen? He has disciplined us. He's given us his word to help us through that discipline to know what's right and what's true. But those who profane him, those who lack respect for his word, those who do not reverence him, have no business taking communion. None whatsoever. These words should remind you of how God felt about the poor attitudes and inconsiderate behaviors of the Israelite priests and how Cain seemed to struggle with not doing what was right. That was Cain's issue. He wasn't doing what was right. So whatever he had to give to God was not going to be accepted. So before you take the elements of the crackers, which symbolize the body of Christ, and the juice, which represents the blood of Christ, you should reflect upon your personal relationship with Jesus Christ and whether or not something needs to be fixed. What needs to be fixed? What do you need to do to get it right? Have you checked your bad attitude at the door? Have you checked your bad attitude at the door? Have you sought forgiveness of sin? Have you prayed to God for healing and restoration of your relationship? You have to ask yourself those questions. Always remember this. 1 John 1, 9. Now I'm going to read from the King James Version because it's a beautifully written verse. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All we have to do is ask. Just ask. You know if you sin or not ask for his forgiveness. He forgives us immediately. Immediately. From the moment we humble ourselves before him and ask for it. It's a matter of respect for Jesus Christ. It's a matter of reverence for his existence as your personal savior. It's a matter of his love for us that he wants to be in Fellowship with you. Respect. Reverence. Love. Let us take the time now to reflect upon him and his goodness. It is time to pray and meditate as we ponder all that he has done for us and for how our lives are in his very hands.
Father, we just thank you for your reminders of your goodness. And Lord, your word is true. You tell us over and over that all we need to do is come to you and humble ourselves before you and ask for forgiveness of all sins in our lives. Lord, we want to come to you with respect and with reverence. And we thank you for loving us in spite of who we are. We thank you for hearing our prayers. We thank you for the restoration you give to us in the relationship we have with you. Lord, we just thank you for this time. And now as we prepare to share together in communion, bless us, O Lord. Help us to open up our hearts and minds to you at this time. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. So now is the time for you to take the provision that you have brought with you for communion and to be able to participate in communion. Of course, doing so with the proper attention and reverence that Jesus Christ deserves. Thank you so much. First, we'll start with the, the bread portion. Lord, we just thank you for this time that you've given us to get together. We thank you for your very presence. We thank you, Lord, for the offering that we have now for the bread, which represents how you died on the cross for us and your body was broken, that you gave your flesh for us. Let us begin together by partaking with the bread, this portion. And we thank you, Lord, and we ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. look to the, the juice portion which represents the blood of Jesus Christ shed for us Lord we just thank you that you did shed your blood for us that blood although it's crimson it made us as white as snow when it comes to the burden that we have when it comes to sin Lord we just give you praise and worship you for what you have done and what you are doing in our lives we thank you, Lord, again for your sacrifice for us that you gave for us so that we may have eternal life and eternal fellowship with you. We thank you for all these things. We ask them in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we partake together? Amen. Glory to God in the highest for what he has done and what he will continue to do. I pray that you really understand now the importance of communion and taking communion. And we'll do our best to do this every first Sunday. Uh, that is something that we are setting out to do. We thank you again for your participation today. God bless you and keep you. Thank you for holding out during the rain delay. 
Wave to Pastor Gus. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, guys. You take care.